an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, you guys are going to love this episode. I sit down with Gemma Deller and Michael Kravitz of the Magic Carpet Cast, and we talk about our coming out stories and what it's like to be gay and what we had to go through in order to understand who we are and feel comfortable in it. We also talk about the spiritual components of being gay or trans or however you may be identifying. And we offer some tips to handle this process of coming out or coming to understand who you are and and how that feels. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Amy, hello. Hi. Yeah, so Amy got in touch with us and said what? What'd you say, Amy? (laughs) Oh, I was like, can we do a very big gay episode? (laughs) Massively gay episode. And Jeff and I were sort of like, toying with the idea but we hadn't committed so we just needed that like get it on board amy made and us make a commitment it is totally. pride week it is pride month pride yeah, month, month everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. pride month and so uh, we, get a, we get a whole month yeah it's sad <laughs> that we, i can't be there in new york for the parade but i guess that's not even happening right it's not even happening so that's the oh. thing my brother sent me these nike air max rainbow shoes that look They're awesome everything. and he sent them to me on my birthday last year which is right after pride in july as we know and i was like oh i can't wait can't believe i have to wait a whole year to wear these to the parade Aww. And so no parade, but they are getting a little airtime now. So we'd like you to parade them around and upload a video. (laughs) Can you read again what they say on the inside? It's awesome. Okay. So these shoes are, have this incredible Nike swoosh. It's a rainbow. It's signed by Gilbert Baker, which apparently my brother thought was amazing to have signed. I've never had signed shoes before, but uh, (laughs) he was into this idea. And inside the heel of the insole is in rainbow bands. And on each rainbow, it says... Okay, so the first one is pink, and it says sexuality. Then the red says life. Then it goes down the rainbow. Healing, sunlight, nature, magic, serenity, and spirit. So So, awesome. Oh, my God. I got to get those shoes. Those are so amazing. I got to track them down. I have five brothers, and I've never received... He's Anything really like into that. my gayness, I guess. So, so I'm good. willing to adopt a sixth brother <laughs> if I get that for my birthday, which is in a month. Well, JJ counts as like six brothers. So JJ, <laughs> you're more than welcome to send me a pair of my birthday. Just but we That's really awesome. awesome of your brother. Yeah. So Amy wanted to uh, get us together and we love this idea. I mean, there are so many things to think about in relation to this idea of being gay, coming out the spirituality around that, how much we've changed. 
And Gemma and I have never shared our coming out stories, even though we've known each other for a while. I always thought maybe we'd do it over a drink or something, but this will work in Corona days. <laughs> and, because despite uh, what everybody thinks, we don't walk around coming out to each other. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> and, and, it's yeah, not and a thing in the gay community. I have certainly <laughs> never told my coming out story to two psychics. So that's <laughs> one thing that's for sure. We're going to rip you apart. <laughs> It's a cute one, though. I mean, there are so many coming out stories that are just really sad and tragic as well. And and we've just come so far that we can actually do this and not feel weird about it and celebrate and have pride and and all that stuff. It's Um, about fucking time. I'm going to say that. It is. Like, I'm going to say that because... Yes, it's awesome to celebrate, but at the same time, sometimes it honestly gets me a little pissed that we have to celebrate. I'm just going to be that side of the coin that it's like, it's annoying as shit sometimes to me that we even have to celebrate something that's a human fucking right. Right. There, I've said it. Yeah. Now back to the happiness. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's a a complex issue. And I don't know if you saw what happened in Brooklyn you know, recently with uh, the huge march for Black Trans, um, totally. Black, awesome. Black Trans Lives Matter, and the enormous crowd. I mean, it was Oof, unbelievable. It was beautiful. Yeah, it I just got really chills too again. Chills. Oh my gosh. So exciting. Because it's massive. Because it's massive. Yeah. Like that's, it, that's just such a massive thing. Yeah. yeah. So with everything that's going on, we thought we'd hear some stories. And I'm certainly excited to hear a little bit about both of your perspectives on this. And let's jump right in. Amy. <laughs> <laughs> spotlight on spotlight Amy. On Amy. <laughs> massive spotlight I mean, I, on I'm Amy. here with two gorgeous lesbian psychics. Let, let me just say that. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. Wow. <laughs> so uh, for me, I, I have uh, five brothers and sisters. And when I decided to come out, which was around 22, I first of all, let me just say, as a person who works with people on mindset, I feel like it was it's so helpful to know what it's like to hide from yourself and not really realize like what's going on, like how much you can suppress a major thing in your life, right? So I didn't come out until after college, really. And for me, it was so bizarre because the option wasn't even there on the table. Like you love who you love and it doesn't matter, right? Like it was like you have to pick one camp or the other, right? It was like you're either, well, maybe three, gay, straight, or bisexual. And for me, I was like, I can't really explain this, but like, I just love who I love. So anyway, so when I, when it was time for me to come out, I happened to be living with, and I was just thinking about having this person on the podcast because she's a renowned speaker around the world about gay and lesbian rights and transgender. And she lived right downstairs and I was like, Hey, um, do you want to join me when I come out to my family? <laughs> like over the it. phone, like she, like, I was on the phone and she was sitting right next to me and she was like, um, I guess so. <laughs> So I I went down the line and I called, thankfully, everybody in my, or almost everybody in my family, and they were all very open to me coming out. They were like, more actually, half of them were pissed that I hadn't come out already. Like, they were like, we wanted to help you through something like this. And um, And at that point, did they know, I mean, were you at the time into what you currently do now with energy and that kind of thing? No, not even, no. So So I feel like that's a whole second coming out. Exactly. Uh, Uh, I'm getting pretty good. Sometimes even a bigger one sometimes, right? (laughs) Right, yeah, I know. And even, and then this is like, yeah, another coming out, right? It's like the both aspects of it. But um, I remember telling my twin sister and she was just like, oh my God, like, how could you not have told me? And I was like, wait, you're mad at me? Never in a million years would I have ever expected that she would have been mad at me for not telling her. The whole reason why I wasn't saying anything was because, first of all, I was sorting out my own feelings around the whole thing. 
but I also didn't want to lose people, right? And I also didn't want them to be embarrassed of me. So that was like the the thought or the mm. thoughts that were going through my head. So and sad, so to, right? yeah, so right. Like, and we're such a tight knit family. Like, it, it was it was hard to keep that from them. And yeah. so my sister was trying to set me up with this guy, and he was like perfect, like on paper. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I think he doesn't have some things. Like and she's like, do oh, he you have too many things? Too many. And she's like, do you have something to tell me? So I told her, and then I told my twin sister, and then I remember having the conversation with my littlest sister, who's ten years younger than me. I was like, as long as you've been dating your boyfriend, I've been dating mine or my girlfriend. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she was like, okay, cool. Are we going to get our nails done? <laughs> I was uh-huh. like whoa, that was so cool just to be received that way and just like, oh, that's no big deal. And then I remember calling my parents because they were in Vegas. And if I didn't call them and tell them, I felt like they would find out anyway, just because I have a huge family. So I called them and my mom was like, no shit. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? Like you, I've been torturing myself. So that was basically my coming out story. I'm super lucky. I feel so blessed that it really was that easy to come out to them. And then, of course, like you still wind up having to deal with telling your friends. And that was, I thankfully didn't, I don't remember really losing friends because of it, but I feel like I was always worried about that. And especially in the workplace. That was a huge thing. I just didn't really reveal that in the workplace for a while. The times have changed so much on that. I mean, oh, I perhaps know. even your younger sister was part of a new generation. I mean, just in 10 years, something really shifted where it just became so much more acceptable. I mean, still challenging for some, but yeah. Right. Do you guys remember Pedro on MTV? He oh had my AIDS God. and he was gay. Oh I mean, that God. was like the only gay person that I knew, like yeah. of, you know, that and was massive. Huge. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. yeah. And I also, you know what, I wanted to mention Amy as well. Definitely follow Amy Absolutely. Stark. Her podcast really is amazing. If you're not listening to it on that podcast, we're doing this awesome crossover episode and we're hearing Amy's story and we're going to, we're going to share Oz and talk a little bit about what's going on. So I feel also, I just want to say so grateful that I'm able to help out teens coming out or, you know, adults dealing with their sexuality through tapping. So, you know, uh, it's so helpful because like there's so many different facets, right? Like, so telling whoever, maybe it's your best friend, maybe it's your parents, you know, that can be really stressful. And if I, I wish I had known EFT at the time, to be honest, like it probably would have gone even better just for myself, like internally, you know, it's, so, it's very stressful. It's oh really my gosh, stress- telling yeah. someone you love something they don't know and all of those thoughts that you said. Right. Um, and, and that's really the spiritual aspect is like us trying to control how we're received by other people, right? Like we are trying to make it comfortable for them, right? By either withholding the information or telling them in a specific way or whatever. And ultimately we don't have that choice. Like people are going to receive us how they're going to receive us. And I wish I had known that back then. I would have just been like, fuck it. Yeah. It's kind of right. not I our business love, how right? they receive us, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's right. like an opportunity for them to get their shit together in a way, like to grow and do their own work. And that's why I feel like I've gone through like several coming outs because really it's just about, I'm not going to worry about how people are receiving me. I'm going to come from my heart. I'm going to, you know, love is love. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. keep spreading the love. And And that's really how I live my life. I think the choice to come as someone who's gay or transgender is one that is maybe a higher choice in this time. And it is a spiritual choice. It's not an easy choice. You know, like it's not a choice of like, oh, this is a cool thing. I think I'm talking about before we come to this planet. And I think that it's a choice that we've made, whether we come to be someone who's transgender or whether we come to be someone who's gay, we've come to invoke change on this Mm. planet. 
And we haven't come to choose an easy life at all times. And whether we live on a coast or whether we live in middle America, no matter what, like we feel the effects of it. And what we do is just by being who we are, we present opportunities for people to expand and to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that in and of itself is spiritual just as it is. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because everyone talks, I mean, one of the first things you have to kind of school people on who are really ignorant is that being gay is not a choice. Whereas yeah, the way you're framing uh, it is it inevitably right. was. I think the choice. <laughs> so just explain what you mean to, by that. Yeah. I mean, it was prior to coming here, prior to birth. I was born this way. I came into my body gay. Mm -hmm. My choice was prior to birth to incarnate as a gay human. And you're saying that when I'm a spiritual being, there is no gender. There is no gay. There is no straight. We're just all light beings. Mm -hmm. When I get to this planet, I identify as gay or straight. And when I'm born as I'm born as. So Mm -hmm. when I was a day old, I was gay as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) it's true right Right? from there it's not a choice right so once you're born into the body that's it yeah so when i say my choice to be gay i'm talking about pre-incarnating on this planet right Mm -hmm. yeah i'm saying that we made a choice before we got to this planet to come in to this planet as gay and thank you for making that clear yes you're right because the last thing I want is fucking people walking around being like, Gemma thinks being gay is a choice. <laughs> no, I think Gemma's talking about before we incarnate, we choose a lot of things <clears throat> that we are. We choose our gender. We choose our race. We choose our parents. We choose all these different things so that we can learn lessons. And one of the things I think that we also choose is whether we're going to be gay or straight. And I think that, or transgender. And I think that we choose those things so that we can be teachers. We choose them so we can learn things. We choose them so we can be in different experiences. We choose them for all different kinds of reasons. Right. And my personal belief is that people that choose a harder path tend to be people that are a little bit more maybe ascended than others. People that choose cushier lives, I think, are are newer spirits Mm. to this world. You tend to find older souls Let's put it this way. Those who are black transgender folk, I don't think they're newer souls. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I think that they probably tend to be much older souls than a lot of others because they got a fucking hard road to walk and they have a lot to teach. Watch and learn people because that is a hard road to walk. And they can teach us a whole lot of things. So Gemma, let's hear a little bit about your story in general. God save As she's saying no, you know, you can't say no. We're doing this. <laughs> I'm not now. saying Come no. I'm shaking my head. I'm not saying no. I'm just shaking my head and telling you. Gemma is no. wearing the most <laughs> I'm the gayest wool thing hat on the planet with right a now. rainbow that says a. "gay AF," and then your shirt says "love is." I can't see the box. Has no love gender. has no gender. Love has no gender. It's true. Love has no gender. So my my coming out story took a really long time, kind of. Love really does have no gender because as a little kid, I literally remember questioning why I couldn't have my shirt off like the boys. I would steal my brother's underwear, was more comfortable in those damn tidy whities than I ever was in panties, Hmm. right? So I probably would have been in like later years diagnosed as transgender, who knows? Like because I'm much more comfortable in the masculine in that neck of the woods. I personally feel like I chose to remain like female or come in this very clunky SUV of a vehicle that sometimes is not fit in compact spaces 
because, Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like an infiltrator in the female world a lot. I feel like I chose to remain in this body because it facilitates me being psychic. The feminine definitely facilitates that. And because this is something that I chose to understand better this time around. So with that knowledge, right, I've always been more than a tomboy, kind of more masculine and more just kind of boyish. So flash forward to my high school days when I get sent to a, an old girls Catholic candy shop. <laughs> old girls Catholic candy shop. And so an incident happens oh and it is not good. And basically ends up, and I'm, the reason you hear me being cautious is because I'm being a little protective of my family who kind of doesn't know a lot of the ins and outs of this incident They just know that I was asked to leave the school. That's what they know. My parents, God bless them. They're both crossed over. They know what went down. And so I was asked to leave, but the incident that went down had a lot to do with my sexual orientation. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) after leaving and being ridiculously shamed by the school, Mm. I went into a massive closet. I was like, nope. But I very much knew probably since the age of nine. I mean, I've always known, like I always had crushes on female teachers and female, like, and it was always older. They were always older. Like they were just much hotter, like older. I don't know. (laughs) And so for me anyway, and so I always knew and I always crushed. And then that threw me into such a crazy closet that I went on this straight mission. I was going to be super straight. And then I proceeded to get married to two guys, phenomenal guys, like really dope guys. So that didn't work. Obviously. Did they know Uh, that you were not fully straight? So the first one, there's no doubt. Like he was, we were really good friends. We were kids. Like I was like 17. He was 18. Like we were really freaking young. so young. Yeah. And we were really good friends. And like, yeah, behind the scenes, yep, definitely knew. And so after like five years, literally looked at each other and we're like, yeah, this ain't going to work. And walked into the divorce lawyer and we're like, and had a burger afterwards. It was that cool. The second one, which is my son's father, it was a lot more of a shock to him and something that I wish I could have changed because that's kind of the coming out story. So I go back to school, to college, right? I'm in college and I have this professor and I'm like, damn. Now I'm an older student, so the age difference between us is not that much. And I'm like, oh, man. So I get smitten with this professor and I'm like losing my shit left and right. But I'm freaking married with a kid. And the student body's noticing this dynamic. And it was rumor had it. It was not one way. You know what I mean? But I'm all confused because I'm like, I was wicked closeted. I mean, but it was like so obvious, you know, like when you see, like you're like, come on, you're, we all know you're gay. <laughs> like, please come out. We're all uncomfortable. It was like that kind of a thing. It's funny because my best friend says to me, are you gay? And I literally like pushed her up against the wall and was like, don't you ever fucking ask me that again. Obvious gay, obvious gay when you react like that. Right. And then eventually I was like, you know, that thing you asked me. Yeah. I'm thinking that I am. When that hit my consciousness that, you know, you've been repressing this, I literally went home that day and I was like, we got a big problem. I told my husband at the time, we got a massive problem and this is not fixable. And I was like, you know, I believe in truth and this is something I've been burying. And so I told him 
And I mean, he was as cool as somebody can be about that after your whole life just gets flipped upside down. Do I think he knew? Somewhere inside, maybe. Because I wasn't acting in a way that straight women would act with the man they were into at all. I'm not going to bring our bedroom into it, but there was nothing going on but the rent. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) conceiving my kid was like very, there was rules around that. It was like, Mm -hmm. he was born nine months to the day of the wedding. It was like, I'm drunk. Let's go. This is how it's going to, like, it was very Mm -hmm. orchestrated. So, hmm, you know, this a problem. He was probably unhappy with that situation too. No, he was <laughs> surprised and shocked and yeah. hurt. And that's, if I could go back and fix one thing or change one thing, I wouldn't have hurt him like that. Because, yeah. you know, nobody deserves that. But again, I'm not going to live a lie for anybody. So, boom, then I flew out the closet with a vengeance. And <laughs> <laughs> Did you go From after there? the professor? No. Oh. She was a head game. She was head game central. She was like toying and like it was kind of messed up. Did I tell her? Yeah. And then she was like, oh, I'm just a catalyst. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. She was pretty irresponsible about things. So it was like, no, nah, it, was, it was not cool. She played a little bit of head games and stuff. So, mm-mm. but then, but what was dope is like, so I, I write this big epic letter to my father. First, I tell my mother and How I send her you, the by Ellen. the way, at this time. Well, I was definitely a couple of decades old. I was like deep in my 30s. Or oh. I think I was like 30 at the time. Okay. Yeah, I was like 30, maybe just turning 30. And so I write this letter to my mom and I tell her, but I send her Ellen DeGeneres' mother's book because Ellen DeGeneres' mom wrote a book. Oh, that's thoughtful of you. So my mom calls up and, oh my God, to know my mother, to love my mother. And she's like, I just want to know, like, in the relationship, are you the dyke? And I'm like, Ma, <laughs> Ma, we got to talk, Ma. <laughs> that was cute. She tried. And so I schooled her a little bit. And then I end up later on writing this epic letter to my father. And he writes me back one line. Tell me something I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? It's like they knew, right? And so that was cool. And then I tell one of my siblings and my sibling, like yours, was so upset. Why didn't you tell me? I'm so hurt. And I turned around and I was like, imagine my surprise when I found out you were straight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because it be like that. For me, yes, because for me, I'm like, the whole idea of coming out kind of really pissed me off that I have to do this whole big thing about who I am. Like, then that started to kick in. Like, why right. do I have to? Why do I have to justify to you who I am? Because I started getting like kind of this anger around like the shaming that had happened. And now I got to tell you and blah, 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 like all this stuff. You know what I mean? I think people use that a lot to hide behind coming out too, because that's one of the things. It's like, well, fuck this. Why do I have to be the one to come out? And like it took me also forever to learn that. Yeah. But if you continue to, to use that logic, then you just will never come out to people as well. But, it, but you don't, but you shouldn't have to come out. They're right. It's true. Yeah. It's society's heteronormacy. Like, why this, is society so fucking heteronormal? Like, mm-hmm. maybe we need to see a lot more representation of what is normal. Because in my world, it's as normal to see gay as it is straight. Yeah. Right? If it, my son was raised with as many gay people 
as he was straight, if not more sometimes. So why is it normal for someone to come out in his world? It's not normal for someone to come out because he just saw gay and straight alike. So Mm -hmm. I think the problem is on society to make it more normal that coming out is not normal. Right. (laughs) Right. And I think that people in the last several years, the fact that more and more people have come out has helped that. Before, you you just couldn't even come out. (laughs) It was like, you know. The big real moment for me was like, I was at my sister's wedding and I had my girlfriend there and she was my friend. And she was on the dance floor, I think dancing with my brother. My brother's wife, you know, his wife was there too and everything. But we were all friends, whatever. And so she's just dancing with him. And at some point, my niece and my sister-in-law walked up to my brother and it just so happened that my girlfriend at the time was left on the floor alone. And that was not acceptable to me. So that was it. The jig was up. I got up in front of my entire family and I did not mean to come out at my sister's wedding, but to my (laughs) entire fucking extended family. And I just marched on the floor and it was crazy because my sister had me wearing this fucking, what was it? Um, Periwinkle dress, the periwinkle gown. Oh, can we Things talk about those do. dresses that My we have to wear? <laughs> <laughs> now, just picture that. I just get, a, get a freaking it. picture of that and know that will not be on the website <laughs> or on Instagram. But anyway, I'm wearing um, this periwinkle gown and I just march onto the floor and grab her and start dancing because I'm like, no. And then my cousins just caught it and they were like, are you homosexual? <laughs> I was like, okay. You know that they mean it if they use the homosexual word. Right. <laughs> Wait, they get it if they, if they use the homosexual word. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, yeah. And they were like, I mean, we knew she was your girlfriend, but, and I was like, okay, so here, we're going to get schooled on the word girlfriend. So straight women, please stop using the word girlfriend because you're poaching it from us. Like <laughs> that's a that's what gay girls call their girlfriends, right? So I had to go through that whole thing. And so yeah, that's that was my big coming out story. That's, so, that's good. That, yeah. well, thank you for sharing that. And that Do you guys cool remember when Ellen came out? Yes. Massively. Yeah, I remember beautiful. I know exactly where I was sitting. I remember watching the whole thing. <laughs> And I actually wasn't out then, obviously. I mean, that was earlier than than me coming out. But I just remember it being a pivotal moment for me and not knowing even why. Like I said, I suppress a lot, you know, like I, yeah. I just I really didn't want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. You, you definitely you, you see all those cultural references, you know, when you're deep in the closet and you just want to run away from them, too. It feels so hot, you're not, right? You're like, yeah. Oh, God, why is everybody looking at me? And yeah, it's not. But you're like. Mm -hmm. all right so michael you oh wow okay uh okay so yeah it was um i think that my family had a lot of them suspected but i was just i wasn't sure like how much they thought or what they suspected i came out to my sister first when she came visit me at college so i was out to my friends and i was like she's not coming to visit me and hanging with my friends i'm not having the charade with her and uh, she cried because she was really surprised that was her big brother and she just, you know, she said she was crying because it was, she felt like she could see all the barriers that I would have to face with like mm-hmm. my family and everything like that. And then my brother, JJ, who gave me the shoes <laughs> and has been a big supporter, I think was just waiting for me to come out to him and really excited. <laughs> uh, and I, he came to visit me in New York and I was like, you know what? I'm just taking him to Mr. Black which is was a, a really intense gay night. Um, I think he walked in, there was assless it. chaps, and he was like, <laughs> I was like, JJ, come here. I was like, <laughs> he's like, oh my God. Uh, but then I had to tell my parents, and I insisted on, in my mind, I have to tell them together, and I have to tell them in person. That was like my thing. 
And then, so was was home visiting in Wisconsin and we went to a restaurant they always go to. And I was like, oh, okay. So I told them, and I think my mom was, you know, very, uh, she's from the East Coast. She was very accepting and probably not that surprised. And my dad turned to me and said, in like a very like loving kind of sweet way, so are you going to get a sex change? And <laughs> I was like, okay, first of all, <laughs> first, first of all, all you're going to go sit with Gemma's mom. <laughs> I just like, called her a dyke. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It was like this great, like, homework. I mean, it can, I, you know, when I, when I, sometimes when I tell people that story, they say, oh my God, that's horrible that he would say that, it, you know, like to him, that was probably, a, you know, a really big deal. At the time I was embarrassed. I'm sure I turned bright red. But I knew that like he would love me no matter what. It was like I could have said anything to him. That's it. Now, you know, we understand that like people who um, change their sex, change their gender. I mean, that's a whole other ball of wax. But at the time, that would have been even more extreme. And he was asking in a very earnest way. And I felt the love even through that comment. Mm. Um, And the first thing I said was, and we've had subsequent conversations, obviously, but from now on, any question you have, you come to me for it. Tell me. Do not ask anybody else any questions. You're not allowed to go to the street. Don't. If you're ever wondering about anything, come to me. I'm, and I said that to all my family. You know, like, I will answer your questions. And they've taken me up on it over the years, you know. And I've got some really kind of unusual questions. And, you know, now, you know, they've evolved quite a bit. I mean, I've been really lucky as well. And I've, they've evolved quite a bit. And, you know, my dad you know, went through a phase where every concert he went, he would talk to gay guys there uh, who was at Madonna concert or whatever. He went to every concert that came by and, and send me pictures with him and this group of gay guys. And I'm like, oh my God, that's that, so great. And now he's threatening to wear a rainbow tuxedo to my wedding. Uh, and <laughs> and I'm, th- I'm saying, how about a rainbow bow tie? <clears throat> Like dim it down a little bit. So rainbow it, rose. it's amazing what people can, you know, I don't blame people for their ignorance. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really their fault, but if they have the information and they are able to adapt, I mean, that's really what counts. Oh, the other thing that was crazy is that night after going back, after that awkward coming out conversation, we were going to go home. We maybe talked about like maybe playing cards, you know, I was visiting from college or whatever. And we just put on the TV. But at the time, like there were so many shows that had their first gay character. <laughs> and God, no matter yes. what this was like science from the universe for sure some spirit guide from our last episode was definitely messing with me because we turned it on and it was the first show i forgot no, it was like something i was on at the time Melrose place i don't even know but there was like a gay character at a gay scene so someone awkwardly changed the channel another show with a gay character maybe it was like <laughs> i don't even remember what show it was and it happened three times and at the end you could just feel the tension in the room and then we all just burst out laughing because it was oh just my God. too ridiculous and no one missed that irony. So I do think that people, you know, learn and evolve and it's always much easier than you think it's going to be. And I probably, my, my regret would be putting it off so many years right. um, because it was just uphill after that. But, but you, you know, don't know how somebody's going to react. Time. You don't. You know, you don't and know you how, don't know react, how people yeah. are going to react. And I think when you're in that mode, the fear of what you're going to lose is so massive, mm. you know? Yeah. And the fear of that change. But, you know, something you mentioned is the outfits, the, the clothes. It's so funny because I've got layer upon layer of this because I never have anywhere to wear it, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like people think that we walk around oozing rainbows. We actually don't. <laughs> that is that we don't, we don't walk around looking like big Skittles. Like we just don't. So, totally. so it's like, you know, there's so many, I think, misconceptions too to it. It's just part of who we are. 
It's right. it's not, yes, it's inherently who we are, but it's only a part of what makes us up. Right. And I think that's super important is like, sometimes it's a bigger thing to other people than it actually is to us. You know, I remember when, when I first came out, I was going to visit my brother up in Vermont and I think he was ha- definitely having trouble with it. And my sister-in-law, who was a schoolmate of mine for years in grammar school, she was actually much more comfortable with it. And I was like, you know, maybe I shouldn't come up to Vermont. That's where my family summered. And my brother bought a house next door to the bed and breakfast that we were always going to. And so my sister-in-law was like, no, you come up and he'll get used to it. We went up and I had my son. And by the end of the trip, my brother was like, you're like no different. Because he saw my kid was, I think at the time, six. And he was as big a pain in the ass as his kid. He whined and he had to do homework. And it was all the same, just annoying, mundane shit. There was nothing more fabulous about being a gay parent than there was about being a straight parent. It was just as annoying and just as awesome and just as the same. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think people see us as the parade. And it's like, no, that's only because we were not recognized. You know, there's a history behind the parade, but that's not who we are. We, we are regular people. <laughs> that, you know, this, <laughs> we're, we're not walking around like in thong swinging rainbow. Trust me, you don't want me to do Speak that. for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's like, you don't know my life. <laughs> Michael, you reminded me of when I told my niece. She was probably 13 at the time, but she, when she was like, let's say nine, she asked me and she's like, if you have anything you want to tell me, you can tell me. And I swear she was like channeling. So I looked at her and I was like, no, I don't have anything to tell you. Cause I felt like she was young and she didn't need to know. But then she came up to visit and she saw that I was with my partner now, Fenella, and we were living together. So it was like, let's just tell her. So I told her there was a lot of tension, you know, because we were all nervous about like, well, how is she going to take it? Was she going to understand it? And um, we all hopped into a car to go somewhere I kissed a girl came on and it was just the lyrics where it says, I kissed a girl. And we were all just quiet for like one second and then busted out laughing because of the irony, you know, and it, totally. and it really helped obviously. And she, of course she, she's one of the young generations. She didn't care. Um, yeah. And she loves my partner. And obviously it's, I'm thankful for that. But anyway, it just reminded so me do of you, how funny. Do you funny. feel like that was something energetic coming through or totally. was it just a coincidence? Yeah. No, I had to be. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, the, the, the timing of it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That song was a little awkward at times because <laughs> you're like, oh, it's okay. it was like the gay song. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great song. <laughs> no, but Especially we, um, how many straight girls were like, I can, and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, and you, and you. Back to the candy right. shop. Back to the candy shop. <laughs> Back to the candy shop. <laughs> but I remember going, to, and, um, I was in Iceland during the gay pride parade there. And before, you know, gay marriage here and everything like that. And I was just struck by how it was like a family event. You know, at the time that was unusual, like at least compared to the U.S. The U.S. has been so behind compared to other Tight. Western countries. Yes. Um, and even in like even in the UK and Canada, you know, when you actually see something like that and how yeah. normal it is, you realize what you're missing when you grow up somewhere where it's stigmatized so badly. Um, so a hundred percent. So my third marriage. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't know there were three. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Are there only three? <laughs> so there's only three. Okay. So my third marriage to a girl was in Canada. And my brother says to me, why did you drag us all to Canada? You're so dramatic. I said, because my country doesn't accept us. It doesn't accept me. Because this was pre us having the right. 
you know, I've, I've never been super political where I go out and protest or anything like that, but I felt like it was important to do that. It was important, you know, if we were going to get married, I wanted it to be legal. And mm -hmm. so it was important for me to make the statement of everybody needs to come to where it's legal because I wanted to create the awareness within my circle of mostly at that time, straight people that I'm going to make it uncomfortable for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you travel to see that. No, this is not a destination wedding. This is actually a wedding where my country won't accept me. So you're going to have to be inconvenienced a little bit mm -hmm. so that we can have what you have. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it took a long time even for gay people to get behind the idea of gay marriage. You know, it was not something that was just every gay person supported gay marriage, you know, because yeah. it was such a strong institution. And I think my, my friends made fun of me because for years before I met my current fiance or my only fiance. I was going to say, wait, do, you, do we have tea to spill right now? Yes. No, no. Just like, uh, but like, I, you know, I, I like didn't want to get married. And I was like, I don't want to get married because it's illegal. And I, you know, I can't get married. So now it went, gay marriage became illegal. Legal. My friends were like, oh, you don't really have an excuse now. And then I, but you know, it took that for me to actually consider it and picture it and see it as real. And I opened up a whole opportunity for that to happen even though I probably could have gone to Canada or probably could have done something else or whatever. And he actually incidentally worked very hard on some of those political issues with gay marriage. So it's especially meaningful to him. Wow. Um, and, you know, it took a lot of work to get that. And yeah. uh, I'm, I just am so happy that we're, we've arrived there. And I think it's important that we do everything we can not yeah. to make sure that we take any steps back. Yeah. Right. I remember when it got legal, I remember exactly where I was and how, we were just like screaming. We were in the bar that we used to play soccer in name. And it was like <laughs> off the chain. It just was crazy. <laughs> it was amazing. Was that when it was legal in New York or was it illegal uh, nationwide? I, nationwide. Nationwide. No, nationwide. Okay. Nationwide. Oh, oh, you, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was like, the big one. That was really the big one. Oh my yeah. God. Like a chill thinking about that. We had yeah. to go get married in New York. It was like so much pressure because we had to get it all done in one day and we almost didn't. But I looked at the guy and I was like, we flew in from Florida to do this because wow. it was only legal in New York. And then just a couple months later, we wound up, it wound up passing nationwide, which was um. awesome. But um, then we wound up having our actual marriage in Key West because obviously it was like way more chill and beautiful and people are cool down there, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, it, we, everybody felt comfortable and it was just, it was amazing having our wedding down there. But wow. um, yeah, it was just ridiculous though. I mean, we had to have two marriages. Like we had two, yep. one small ceremony. So it's like, we are now, we celebrate both. <laughs> They're only a month <laughs> apart. <laughs> yeah. So Amy, on an energetic level, why do you think it's so hard for people to come out? You know, I really think that it really is engaging all of the chakras, you know, and I really think that there's so much energy to process throughout all the chakras that it really can be paralyzing. You know, you have to clear the energy in all of the chakras in order to really feel comfortable moving forward. You know, like the first chakra is about safety and belonging and family, and that really can get activated, obviously, because you, you could lose your family. And, and in, instinctively, like our bodies are like, no, I don't want to lose that. And then the second chakra is the sexual chakra and you might have some trauma or energy there that just makes you feel like you don't fit in because obviously you're not heterosexual if you're trying to figure this out, which is what we're told that we should be or is the norm. And if you it's know? like active, you're waking up. 
And if right. you're being told that you're wrong, right? Shame. There's so much shame. Flip that right. That's right. Flip that right on its ass. Yeah. It's, and second chakra has a lot of emotion-based yeah. energy as well. So like that's where the hips are. So you know, in fact, moving forward is so hard to do if like that's blocked. Wow. So then the third chakra is the empowerment, you know, where you're like, I don't feel empowered. You know, where can I control my life? And that's when we start to look at like, how is this person going to receive me? And I'm going to try to control how they receive me. That's but the solar re- plexus. Right? Yeah, the solar plexus, right. You Like you can't, you can't control how people receive you. And then you move up to the fourth. That's all your grief and love and like connection. And that's it, your heart course, center. Yeah, that's your, your heart, heart center. chakra. Yeah. And, it, and if that is being blocked, you know, because you're worried about moving forward, about the rejection that you're going to feel or the negative self-talk. Like I'm, I'm shaming myself every single day because of this. Like you're going to feel it in your heart chakra. You're going to feel it in your chest. You might have trouble breathing. You might feel the effects of the self-judgment, which also includes the fifth chakra, which is how you speak to others, but also to yourself. Can I just talk about the heart chakra too? Sure. Now being in the 4D where the heart chakra is creation, big problem. We're creating from our heart chakra now. Massive problem. I love the way you put that. If that is shut down, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, you know, also what I see with people is um, a lot of people who have fourth chakra blockage wind up getting chronic illness and um, they don't have to be gay, but it's just like if you have a fourth chakra block, like where you're talking to yourself negatively constantly, you're going to be in fight or flight. Like you're going to be at war with yourself, you know, which is terrible. So, you know, that's another thing to overcome. And And like I said, hand in hand with the the fifth the chakra. Fifth. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like speaking your the truth throat. to others is like part of your spiritual journey is like saying who you are and who you want to be on this planet to other people and to your, you know, from yourself. Like, how do I want to stand among all of you? And also how you talk to yourself is in the fifth chakra. So if you're noticing that that's blocked, you know, take a look at that. How are you talking to yourself through this time? Because it is something that is just ingrained in you. It is who you are. It is not a choice. And accepting that is going to help with that self-judgment. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you, you know, when you talk about the chakras, and I'm sort of new to the chakras as well. And we're going to well. do an episode on the chakras. We are going to talk about chakras. Worry uh, about but you know, this. It, for this particular issue, you know, yeah. as an example, like coming out, taking them as you suggested, and separating them out and addressing each one of those individual entry points mm. seems like something that could be really helpful. Yeah, and of, using because EFT. you feel this motion and you're crazed, and it's like, well, how do you separate that out so you can actually deal with it piece by right. piece? That sounds like really good advice. Yeah, yeah, and you can use EFT to help you move that energy mm-hmm. from those chakras, or you could go get energy healing or do whatever it is that you know works for you. But um, the last two chakras are the sixth chakra, so it's you know a lot of times we the six is the third eye, right? Sorry, the third eye is <laughs> um, it's how we we are supposed to be projecting who we are and what we want to accomplish in life, like what we want to pull in and attract. But a lot of times that is on surveillance mode, you know, who's safe, who's not, where should I go, how should I be, you know, and a lot of our creative energy is wasted in that way because you're really creating from what other people are suggesting you should create or be. But it's also a psychic connection too. Like it's also insight. It's a third sight, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like, you're not going to have any insight if that's blocked. Yeah. Cause you're using it for the wrong power. Like you can survey or use it as surveillance, but um, it's it's not creating the life that you want. What do you mean surveillance? So it's, it really creates hypervigilance. So a lot of times what I see with my clients is that, you know, when they have anxiety or they have like headaches and things like that, they're on constant vigilance trying to assess what other people want or need. And then they react from there or they are so worried about 
sickness, let's say, that it's going to come back or whatever, that they spend most of their time worrying about it, that they actually attract it back to them because they're, because really what's happening is you're, you're putting your body into fight or flight because you're bracing for the worst. They're using the third site to try to find out what's going on with other people. Are they going to love me? Are they going to still, are they going to, are they going to, but that worry is creating this frequency that then is going out and is attracting to them what they don't want. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And that then, creating that frequency of attraction is affecting other chakras. Right, because then you're like, fuck, why, do, why does this shit keep happening, right? Exactly. You know, it's mm-hmm. like what I didn't want to happen. Right. So it's about using that sixth chakra to create the life that you want, to know that you're accepted. There are people out there that will accept you if you're gay and or trans or whatever because you want to call yourself. Because you can yourself. also use the 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 psychic eye to see what source sees, to see what the higher power sees and to see that you are good, that you are worthy, that you are love. Right. But instead what they're using it for is to see what mom's going to see, what dad's going to see. Right. And that's kind of a wonky use of it because what you're seeing is a human perception of yourself instead of a higher perception of yourself. Right. And you're going to start to recognize experiences in your life. Like, so you may want to feel accepted, but you don't see that Ellen DeGeneres came out that the guy from the Backstreet Boys, you know, that uh, whoever else, you know, or that mm-hmm. Will and Grace is on, you know, you could, you'd be like not even knowing that that's on and being able to, I'm not, and I'm not saying that these are like great <laughs> examples of gayness or whatever, but I'm just saying that you might be looking to see where you belong and you might miss those things because mm-hmm. you have this worry and you're it just literally there's too much information coming in and you will sort it out yeah. because you're trying to find things that are alike things that are about me not being accepted you know that your brain is literally looking for that it's called your reticular activating system it will find the ways in which you're not being accepted and the last one is the seventh chakra that's and, the crown chakra right <laughs> <laughs> see i'm like those are all like fancy terms you know whatever it's important to include them um i just kind of like well it's, no, what, this it's is what also, you need to know they're more common they're the common <laughs> right they are names, yeah right? they're what people are gonna know i actually go by the colors that's like the <laughs> violet chakra but that's uh, what people are gonna know is the crown right. chakra totally yeah yeah so the seventh is how you project yourself out to the world and obviously when you're changing your identity from being considered heterosexual to then maybe gay or trans, you know, your seventh chakra, you're going to have like a crisis within your body. And that's why all of them are activated because everything is trying to get in alignment with this new identity. So it's okay to be patient with yourself. And it's okay if you're taking a while to tell people, thankfully things, times are changing and it's easier to see gay people all over the place that are safe, that are fine, that are thriving or trans. There is evidence of that, like how we were just talking about how in Brooklyn they had that massive get together of people, you know, supporting black trans people. And like I said, if you're if you're looking for how you're not being supported, you're gonna you might miss that. And that's huge, right? Like Gemma and I got chills thinking about it. And we're so grateful that we see the positive, we see the good, we see the healing, and we know that we, there's a lot to go, but you know, we're, yeah. we're heading in the right it, direction, hopefully. And it works <laughs> hand in hand with the third eye chakra, the, the where are we, sixth, right? The sixth is the third eye? No, the seventh. Eye. seventh is, no, but uh, I'm saying the seventh works in tandem with the right. third eye, right. right? And so what you're saying about like what you put out, you get back. It's such a truth because so many people often ask me, they're like, wow, you know, do you deal with a lot of homophobia? And I'm like, honestly, I don't because I don't expect it. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist in the world. It does. It's all over. 
But I think there's something to be said about what your expectations are. If you walk around expecting people to be homophobic, you're going to get a lot more of that than if you don't. I mean, there was a time when I was in the hospital for my asthma. I was sitting there and this dude was across from me with his girlfriend and my ex was there with me. And, you know, in retrospect, she definitely had a flare of racism in her because I think she looked at him and thought, thug. So by judgment, she probably expected him to be homophobic. Well, he was getting uncomfortable. He's getting uncomfortable. Finally, he stands up and he's like, hey, he gets real angry and he points to me and he says, doesn't anybody see she can't breathe? (laughs) Now, I never expected him to be homophobic. I expected him to be what I know most black dudes to be. Cool. So he just pointed and he was like, can somebody come and fucking put her on some kind of a machine? She can't breathe. I was sitting there with my girlfriend looking as butch as I always look, holding her hand. There was no homophobia about him. My girl expected it. Mm -hmm. I did not expect it. I did not get it. She's not creating my reality, of course. So I got what was expected. But I think if you walk around expecting it, you're probably going to call it in more. I'm not saying anybody deserves the bullshit that they get. I'm just saying one of the things that we can do we can expect a better world. And that's, I think, what you're talking about with the crown and with the third eye is that if those are clean, then we have a clearer vision of what we want Mm -hmm. and can call it in. And we see those things like you, you call them in as well, but you also, your reticular activating system recognizes them and sees the things that you want to see that are in alignment with what you believe. So it becomes cyclical. It becomes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So you consciously create itself. your world, yes. right? Yeah. And then you get proof of, and then you see it, and then you get proof of, and then you see, it, and then it becomes one chasing the other, the chicken and the egg, so to speak. You expect good people, you get good people, and then you have proof, and then you can prove to yourself that that's out there. And like you said, it's not like there aren't homophobic people all around and probably right. making comments. You just don't notice them. You don't care about them, right? Like or you don't get led to them. Right, right. right. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's one or the other. It's just not showing up in your experience because in it's your, just not right. part of your programming to pull in. Yes, exactly. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> You're so gay. <laughs> 100%. So, Amy, what would you tell your younger closeted self right now as your uh as advice you know i think there are people out there who are still in that position as as far as we've come it's still very 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 hard there's societal pressures parental pressures yeah um, there's a lot of misconceptions yeah yeah so what would you say first of all my younger self i would say just do it everybody's going to be fine with it um that would have taken a lot of pressure off me and i think i would have been a lot happier though i understand the spiritual reasons for it like i definitely worked on whittling away ego and control and things like that of how people receive me. But I would definitely say use EFT when you're feeling that anxiety, resistance, depression, anxiety, telling people, whatever, because it'll neutralize your body and you know it'll help it become more easy to hold that truth. 
in my opinion. But I feel really bad for anybody who has to come out, you know, quote unquote, because like Gemma said, like, it shouldn't be a thing. Like, they mm-hmm. assume we're straight and we have to be like, no, you're wrong, you know? <laughs> and I'm hoping that one day we don't have that situation yeah. where it's like, hey, you know, just be you. And, and that would be really beautiful. Yeah. I wanted to say, um, so I tuned in to ask Spirit what they think about coming out. Yeah, so, please. Let's see. So Spirit was just saying that we, you know, those of us who are trying to come out and really struggling with it, that we are unjustly subjecting ourselves to a lot of judgment. And that just actually makes me want to cry because when I think about that, yeah. like that's that's really how they feel, like that we're these beautiful beings and we shouldn't be subjecting ourselves to this trauma based on who we really are. And that's that's to your point about how this is who we are. It's not really a choice. And that was something I had to explain to my parents, right? You know, they're like, well, you dated a guy over before, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, no, this is how I feel. This is what's for me. And Spirit said, you're here to express yourself be yourself, live freely, and obtain joy in your interactions and the life that you lead. And that's really what we're here for. And people who are struggling to come out know that your spirit guides are there for you, holding you and helping you and to release that trauma, to give you the power to step into your truth. And anybody that's that's judging you, they're the unevolved soul. You're actually the teacher. You're actually the teacher. Yeah. And they might be bigger than you. They might be more grown than you but that doesn't make them the teacher and that doesn't make you wrong. That's the key there. Just because you're smaller doesn't make you wrong. Doesn't make them more right. Just because they're louder, just because they stomp their fist or their feet does not make them right. It makes them scared. Right. And, it, and it's when really anybody beautiful. steps into their light, you know, it does scare some people and they will fight back when you say, this is who I am and I will be who I want to be. And it really comes from all the times that they receive trauma where they weren't allowed to be who they wanted to be. So they right. feel like, why should you be able to be who you want to be? Right. Right. Or and, how and- they're going to be received because of you. They're, they're perceiving themselves through you instead of dealing with their own shit. Right. Yeah. And I think the trans community is feeling that now too, especially as parents. I think there are still parents out there who think that if their kid is yeah. trans, that will be their worst nightmare. And right. It's a reflection of them. And it's really none of their business, to be honest, because each being, it's their own journey. And that's what parents need to get. You are the shepherd of this being. You are not the owner. Mm-hmm. You are not the owner. And, you know, for the kids out there that don't have parents that are accepting, just hang on, you know, you're going to find your people, your family. Yeah. We, we really Chosen stick family. together. Yeah. Chosen family. We know what it's like. Gemma, is that what you would say too, either to yourself you know, or to others? I wouldn't, I would not say anything to my younger self because I like who I've okay. become. Ah, good answer. <laughs> Period. Well, okay. So but I really wouldn't uh, yeah. because being this now, I can be there for those that need somebody. Yeah. So what I would say to those who need somebody is I'm here. And why does it always feel like, you know, back to what you were saying about people learning lessons from this. Why does it always feel like it's those people with the closest minds that end up having queer kids? Because you know? <laughs> they you need know? us the most. Do you not notice that? I totally see that. I'm like, it's like, it's always like the friend who's like just a little too close minded. You know, and it's like, of course, they have the gayest. Right. Uh, I I remember I had I had this um, teacher. He was kind of a he was kind of a dick. He was very handsome, and I don't remember what context it was, but I somehow met his son. Where maybe it was out at a restaurant or something, and he introduced me and said hello, and he said, "Oh, this is Bobby or whatever his name was," 
And the kid was drawing and I said, oh, hi, Bobby. And, and he said, Michael's an artist, you know, and they're like, Bobby likes art. And I said, oh, Bobby, what's your favorite color? And he looked at me dead in the eyes, this little kid and goes, glitter, <laughs> like that. And this guy, his face just turned white. The last thing he wanted was his little boy to be gay. And it always stuck with me. My friends and I are always joking, glitter. You know? Bobby, wherever you are, we are celebrating the shit out of you. Totally, totally. Yeah, I bet he's amazing right now. Massive glitter bomb for Bobby right here, right now. <laughs> I was just thinking about those recently. <laughs> Big old glitter bomb for you, Bobby. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and that's, again, that's because it's a, a supposedly a reflection but a reflection of why is that negative? Like, you know what I mean? What, totally. what, what the hell is that? Right. It's only because of the, the father and his closed mindedness. That it was negative. And the you know, stigma, it right? Normally it would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what would so, you tell your younger self? I would say have a good time with who you are and experience life. Everyone's going to be fine with it. And if they're not, they can go take a walk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, you know, I think if you have a strong love bond, it may take a long time for some people mentally. Give them the space, I think. Give people mm. the space to absorb the news, even um, even if you know it's your business and not their business. But people need time to process and they'll get there. So, yeah, we yeah. have to understand that this time on the planet is a time of a bridge from an old paradigm to a new paradigm. So despite the fact that it's bullshit, and I'm going to speak for all of it, that it's bullshit, it's still a time of a bridge where we're going from this old mentality of an age of darkness to an age of enlightenment. So we have to also have the compassion to understand that people need to catch up. So it's important to have the compassion to give people the space to understand things that we already understand. So curse under your breath. It helps. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Patience and compassion. I totally agree with. And I mean, for people who don't accept you, that's what you're saying. Even. Right. And, 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 and for I, people that need time and space, because I still need compassion for them, too, because I feel like I didn't need fucking time and space to understand your heterosexuality. We have the right to be a little pissed off about that, too. But you still give them the time and space. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a lot of family members that I needed to give time and space to. But I was salty about that. But it's not that I don't love them. So you give them the time and space, but you have the right to your feelings about that as well. Mm -hmm. I don't have to work my feelings out with them about that. Mm -hmm. They're not the right person for me to work my feelings out about that. Yeah, I can give them the time and space and I'm still entitled to be like, yo, that's bullshit. But well, I think it would be so much that. easier if it was more characters that were out. Like now we, we, there's a lot more obviously than when we yeah. were growing up. So people who are older still are struggling with it because they grew up in a time when it was still weird to see a gay character on yeah. the show. And, and you know what? Like I have my son and he's six and he really hasn't seen any Disney movies because I'm like, I don't want to send this weird message to him that he's got to love girls or whatever. Or he's got to do whatever for girls and, you know, a heterosexual relationship is the only relationship. Yeah. You know, and I recently found out there was a, a gay character. I have to research it more. I, somebody had mentioned it, but I mean, what? We're in 2020 and there's finally a gay Disney character out. 
Oh, I, SpongeBob just Frozen came Frozen? out. Did you oh, hear oh, that? Yeah, SpongeBob just came out. Woohoo! Just Woo-hoo. in time for Pride Month. Uh, but you know, I think that. I mean, can we have a, like an attractive character come out? And, come but on. Disney finally just got color to their princesses. Like, come on! Yeah. I mean, exactly. up until recently, all Disney princesses were white. Let's right. be clear. Totally. So yeah, and it's like you know, I have people say, "Well, when's an appropriate time for me to speak about anything gay with a child?" And I'm like, "Wow! So we're pornography now? What the fuck? Like what?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Like uh, there was no appropriate time. Like JD asked me, I think he might've been five. Mommy, what is gay? And I was like, it's when two people love each other that are like a girl and a girl or a boy and a boy love each other. He goes, Oh, so you're gay. <laughs> that was our conversation. I was like, yep. <laughs> Game over. It's, it's going to seep. It's going to seep in. The heteronormative stuff is seep. It will seep in, no matter how much Disney you don't let them see. You know they're going to see it out there. So right, I think right. it's more about open communication. Yeah, and and you can also like show them what's missing. I agree with the noticing, but you can also point out what's missing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a lot of work though. So if you can find things where they're talking about like this really dope series in the libraries now where drag queens are reading dra- oh, uh, yeah. drag, reading and drag. Oh mm-hmm. my God, it's incredible. Yeah. It's just so awesome. So to do things like that is like so cool because it's like super inclusive. That's what we want more of. Kids well, love drag queens. I mean, they Why just wouldn't do. you? I mean- they do, they're the, the most I magical know. They'll creatures. watch everything. They just think yeah. it's so fun. They'll talk about and it. And they're not daunted by it. They're like- no. like. I brought these kids to the Drag Queen Story Hour. These kids are like, they have to be tempered and pushed back so that they can read the damn stories. It's amazing. And then the stories they pick are so woke. They're so like conscious. It's incredible. So more stuff like that. And then don't just put the character, like the sixth character out. Make him the main freaking character. Hmm. And stop killing us off, please. (laughs) Can we just stop dying or committing suicide? Like we don't all commit suicide. I know, I know. It's... Like the cliche. You mean in real life? Too. Yeah. No, I mean in the in, movies, in oh, the in pictures. The okay. Like, yeah. can we stop? Like, can we stop getting killed off in the in the TV shows and the pictures? The gay characters always getting like axed. Mm-hmm. Here we had um, a problem with the drag queen doing story time. So we are you familiar with the parasol parade? I think that's what it's called. Mm. No. Um, so. so what you do is you shield the children from the people who are opposing it. So you bring as many rainbow things, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get a rainbow umbrella and more rainbow stuff. But we were all shouting and clapping and cheering louder than, you know, the people who were trying to say Wait, that. Wait, so where, is- where was this? This was So this was actually right in Colorado, okay. you know, within 15 minutes of my house, which is okay. like a super liberal area, you know, yeah. so you'd be surprised. So there were actually, protesters for yeah, drag queens pro- reading? Wow. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Ew. Like, you don't have anything Ew, better to crazy. do. <laughs> so, it, but it was so beautiful to see the community coming together and you could yeah. see the kids marching in and they loved it. And there was one boy who was marching out. He was like probably eight years old and he was rocking these like six inch heels that were red. And like, he had some sort of like cute shirt on and just regular shorts, yeah. kid shorts. And he was so proud of himself. It yeah. was like, he was like on the red carpet, really like walking out. I mean, he yeah. just loved it. And I was like, wow, this kid is feeling it. And people see that and they think oh, the parents are doing this. There's kids. If you know any kid who it does something like that, you know, it's from them. Right. You know, right. those kids this are like, like yeah. straight from their hearts. 
not mm-hmm. from their parents. You can't make a kid. You can't force a kid to sashay. You cannot. Not really. No. 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 <laughs> no we used to, uh, my uh, partner and I, we used to go to a boxing gym in Boulder, and this kid would come in and uh, what are those slippers? The ruby red slippers from the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. And like he was rocking it. And I was like, you are an awesome mom for letting him rock those shoes because yes. that's what he wants to do. Yes. Totally. I saw something so, so sad. I was in this kid's play thing with um, my with my girl's daughter. She was out here staying with me. And we took her to this one of those play jungle gym things, this inside gym. They have like the slides and all this stuff. And this one little kid, he wanted to be a superhero. So he puts on, it was like a dress. And he's like, I'm a superhero. And it's a dress. And he was just being fierce in his superhero dress. And he's running around and he felt like he was on top of the world. And I guess it was his mom's friend's kid who was maybe a couple years older. So he looked about five and the mom's friend's kid looked about seven. And he comes over, he's like, why are you wearing a dress? Yo, you saw the kid just wilt. And I'm like, (sighs) so I'm watching and instantly the kid takes the dress. I don't want to wear that anymore. So the mom sees it and she says, why? I don't want to be a superhero anymore. So now he doesn't even want to be a superhero oh, anymore. Oh, man. Right? So I'm watching, oh, my God, and every fiber of me wants to, like, totally. squirrel monkey these parents because they're just sitting there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uncomfortable. The kids walk away, and I was like, well, that's sad. I couldn't, you know. That's <laughs> a New Yorker. Fucking mouth can't <laughs> stop. I'm like, well, that's sad. I'm like, he just got crushed. So the conflict was that the parents, were, the moms were friends. So the one mom doesn't want to embarrass the other mom. So I'm like, I'll do it. So I'm like, I mean, he just destroyed that other kid. Oh my God. Did you just see that? I'm like, let me just, I'm going to start, I'm going to spill the tea in the group. They were like, yeah, well, I'm like, no, there's no excuse for that. That was disgusting. I can't believe you sat here through that. Wow. 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 And I just got up and walked away. Like, I'm going to let you sit with that. Because that that was filthy to me. Like, I was like, Nobody, wow, seriously? No, say something. Like, what happened if you see something, say something? I don't think that just applies to the subway. Mm-hmm. Like, say some mm-hmm. shit, right? Totally. <laughs> I think that's true. People should speak out and. Yeah. Oh. What does it matter, you know, that he's wearing a dress? Like, we need to tell the kids. People can he dress and wear so and be who they want to be as long as amazing. they're somebody. He just thought he was a superhero. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even a gay straight thing. That was just, I'm a superhero. He didn't see gender. He just thought, and by the way, (laughs) all over the world, dudes are wearing skirts of some Mm -hmm. sort, right? Have you ever seen the kilts? Have you ever seen in Africa and places like that? There's skirts of all kinds. And so we're just, we just got a massive stick up our ass here. I think some parents struggle because they maybe see that their kid is enjoying it, but maybe they just think it's play, which it might be. It's like, you know, you ask the kid on the first day of kindergarten, what do you want to wear? Let's say he picks out the dress. As a parent, some people maybe don't want to, they don't want to subject him to ridicule on their, they know that when he goes in on the first day, it's going to be a horrible experience for him. You don't have this to isn't a moment necessarily for him to. But you can say, you know what? You can wear the dress when you get home because there's other people that are not going to fully understand that. There's a way to do that. Mm, yeah. And you can make it about the other people that aren't going to understand it. And you can say, or you can say, you can wear it. I just want you to know there's people that are not going to understand it. So there's a way to empower your kid, but to let him just take it off and be shamed and not say a damn thing to that other kid and let that other kid keep running around and playing. Oh, I would have sat his ass down so fast. He would have been in timeout for the rest of the session. 
<laughs> he would have been in timeout for quick. First yeah. of all, you don't embarrass and shame somebody for something like that's just rude. Mm. Yeah. That's just yeah. plain out rude. Like you don't, that's bullying. You don't bully somebody like that. Number one. Mm-hmm. And totally. he, like, he's a younger kid. Just start with basic bullying. The whole thing was just horrible. Where's the teaching there? There was no teaching whatsoever there at all. It right. was like, basically they just told that other kid, it is so okay to just bully somebody. I had to deal with that with my son recently. And I had to explain to him like hurt people, hurt people. And I was like, he's saying those things and hurting you because he's been hurt. He doesn't know what to do with it. And I actually talked to him about the mastery of love. I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's about spitting poison. Like when you, when somebody hurts you, you, it's like taking poison. And then when you don't neutralize it and you haven't, you don't have an avenue to get rid of it or, you know, help yourself. You spit it back at people. And I said, that's what's happened to him. You know, that's why he, he said those things he's hurting. And unfortunately now you now have that poison. And so it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with that poison. Like, are you yeah. going to neutralize and let it go and just say, I feel for him because he's been told that he can't do things. You know, I can't even remember what the heck it was about, but it was, and it was like mm-hmm. yesterday, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it, it's constantly about explaining to kids like, Let's just let everybody be who they are, you know, and, right. and, and explaining the idea of like the hurt people hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to celebrate who people are and what they right. bring out. Yeah, absolutely. Is, well, so what are you, what are, what are you guys doing for pride? It's oh, <laughs> I wish I was doing something. Um, I'm th- about the most I have going on is I have like rainbow napkins, uh, cocktail napkins. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. That's some, you know, low key pride right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's different <laughs> when you have a kid that's young. I'm proud of rainbow day. napkins and they grew up with rainbow napkins. It's cool. By the way, he absolutely loves rainbows. And ever since he was born, he's loved rainbows. Oh. That's his thing. But have you guys seen in Boulder how they paint the streets with rainbow flags? Oh, I no, love that. It's really pretty it awesome. So last year we took him to see the rainbow flags and took his picture with it um, oh, on cool. the streets. Yeah, it was beautiful, actually. So oh, I'm awesome. massively proud every day. And I go to Hawaii a lot, which is the rainbow state. So yeah. like I don't do I'm sometimes like a bad gay. I don't do like <laughs> a lot of pride. <laughs> I did last year. I did because it was Stonewall 50. And that was so beautiful. Like that was, I had to go out and see that. Like I, what a lousy New Yorker I would have been if I didn't go be a part of Stonewall 50 because that was just historic. So I did Pride last year, but this year, I mean, I usually don't do the big Pride thing. Last Pride I did before that was the one with you, Aim, when I, we met in Manhattan. Right, that, right, right. Yeah. That was the oh, last Pride. That, so fun. Yeah, that was so fun. But I usually don't do, unless I'm somewhere else. Like I did LA Pride. I was one time on my way home from Hawaii and I just happened upon LA Pride. If I'm somewhere else, I definitely do Pride because I like to experience Prides everywhere else. So fun. I've gone to Pride uh, with my little sister and she was like, I am wearing flags and like, you know, all over her face. Like she was like all get, you know, dress up kind of like Gemma. And I was like, I'm just going to go like this. Um, And then I I think we went with her. We, oh, wasn't yeah, she, she the one I, we went I with? don't even remember if she was there that time. Um, but uh, my older, or sorry, my twin sister was with me when we were in South Carolina, Charleston. And we happened to like go around the corner and there was a whole gay pride parade. And she, my sister was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, it was really I cute. love stumbling on them. I love because yeah. they're the most fun when you stumble on them. It's yeah, true. it was cool. It's yeah. True. Are you doing anything, Michael? No, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, there's so much action here with, so, you know, social justice in the streets and everything going on. And I don't know. I think I, I read something about it, something happening in LA. It was kind of folding into the movement a little bit. 
so I'm just going to wait and see what everyone does. And if there's an opportunity to walk around, I will. But other than that, I, mean, I just got my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Big LGBTQ moment in the news. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, you can't be fired for being gay or trans. Yeah. That yeah. was what was passed. Yeah. Like, and everybody, it was so beautiful to see it in my feed. Like I can't even, it probably was there 15 times, but it's amazing that that's even an issue. Yes. Like it's, I mean, right. it's unbelievable. Ridiculous. Right, right. That's, I blanked it for a second. Absolutely ridiculous. So the, my, the text came in like, it was like, congratulations, but ridiculous that I even have to say that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, exactly. Like yeah. that you could even be fired for that. I remember the whole thing with the cake, the wedding cake that that, that fool wouldn't make. For that couple. I know. Like, oh, I know. Uh, yeah. So silly. But like that you could even be fired on the premise that you're gay is just ridiculous. But it was pretty monumental that the Supreme Court finally came. To yeah. The but defense. then then we also have the problem of uh, now you can't adopt or no, sorry, you can be discriminated against for adopting. You still can't donate blood. What? If you're a gay man, not allowed to donate blood in time of COVID. Amazing. So ridiculous. Amazing. Yeah. I and no and idea. they'd rather leave orphan children right with no parents than give it to gay couples so many gay couples i know have been together since early man like the longest relationships i've ever seen right but no you can't raise a child and there's statistics out there that say there's there's no difference in the type of kid that comes out. Like, actually, I think they're more compassionate or something like that. There's well, probably something we can look up in place. But And here's my question. If environment plays a role, then why the fuck did all these straight people put out gay kids? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> something went wrong. <laughs> Maybe they weren't really that straight. I don't know. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> like, if we're going to look at statistics for it. Something went a little wonky <laughs> because a lot of our parents were straight. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm just saying. So it's like you can go by the end. Another spoiler alert, a lot of us gay kids came from straight broken homes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wait, maybe that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Let's try something different. Yeah, it's so hard to conceive, you know, like it's a whole separate concept for a lesbian couple or a gay couple to conceive. And that's a whole nother realm, you know, that we have to navigate and figure out and explain to random strangers. <laughs> I mean, people, <laughs> people so are always violent. like, did you carry him or did she carry him? I'm like, right. first of all, it's if like you know your business, <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm so open. I'm so you open. Don't I don't care. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. But like, I'm like, if you knew me well enough and you knew her well enough, you'd know who carried. <laughs> but really? Yeah, I used to, she <laughs> You shouldn't nothing have to, to do with answer that, that question. <laughs> right. Like, it's that's just funny. the thing is like, you know, that's going to be my new thing. From now on, any straight couple <laughs> I come in contact with that has a baby, I'm going to be like, so who carried? <laughs> yeah. It's I'm true. legit. That is going to be my new thing. Yeah, it's a good way of teaching them, though, like I'm, where yes. they just have these like assumptions mm-hmm. that are out there. And it was like my question when I was like, why didn't you tell me you came out? Um, why didn't you tell me that you're gay? I was like, well, imagine my surprise when I found out you were straight. So from now on, <laughs> once <laughs> a baby's born, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, you guys had a baby who carried. Right. And I'm just going to wait. Is it your that. sperm? Is it right. your egg? You know, I just want to yeah. know. <laughs> Where'd you get the yeah. who was the donor? Yeah. Or you could be the world's fifth pregnant man. Right. You know, oh my God. I'm just going to ask that question and wait for the <laughs> awkward silence. 
totally. swim in it. 100%. Oh my God, I want to see that. <laughs> I'm going to live for that because we know that oh devil does for those moments. Yeah, like I, I'm actually like on the cusp of having to tell my son like exactly what happened. You know, he's sort of asking questions that he's a little bit older and trying to understand it all, but that's just a whole nother, you know, ball of wax. Like I got to explain, you know, and I'm not even sure, yeah. like, how do you explain it to a kid properly? You know, it's, it's like, how do they understand that? Like they have, I just think you, honestly, you know, it's like so crazy. As far as that with everything, you just tell them truth and they'll stop you when it's too much. That's what I've found. Huh. Like a kid will stop you. You say it in as simple terms as you possibly can and they'll stop you when it's too much. Like if right. you shoot from the heart and it's truth, they will literally stop you when it's like, okay, I've heard enough. But something that my, my sister and I were talking about, because we're adopted, like we're all adopted. So we were talking about how horrible it must be for people to find out later on that they're adopted. Because she was mentioning somebody that she knew that was like 30 when they found that they were adopted. And we were like, oh my God. We knew when we, since we were little, like our parents celebrated it to the point where they would send us in with cupcakes for our adoption day, things like that. And so we were like, wow, it must be so horrible to find out later on. We never found out we were adopted. We always just knew. It was like not something to find out. So I think things like that, you just kind of roll in as just truth. You know, yeah. it's just a truth and it's something you just grow up with and he, he'll find out little snippets of it as you continue to tell the story. Yeah. Like the other night I was tucking him in and he was like, I have a huge heart, mom. I have your heart. I have mama's heart and someone else's. And I was like, huh, there you go. Where the hell did you so get you, that? Yeah. I was like, yeah. Whoa. So you can build on that. I mean, that's beautiful. And you can build on that and you can say, we picked, we handpicked. Right? Oh, totally. If yeah. you make it freaking special, it's, it's a beautiful thing to say. Yeah. I do want to say when it came time to picking out the sperm, I had been searching for a while. And I think I remember telling you, actually, that's so interesting. I texted you and I was like, man, yep. Gemma, I found this sperm donor that I really want, but I can't have him. And you were like, the right one's out there. Don't worry. And yeah. I was kind of pissed at you for saying that because I had really wanted that <laughs> one were, donor. I remember. But like, it was like a genetic thing. Like they would not put that sperm inside me because it could risk my life yeah. um, because he was RH positive and I was RH negative. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so then when I found the other guy's sperm that was compatible. I swear on my life that it was a sunny day and lightning struck the lake that I live next to. Gemma saw the lake. Wow. And I looked at the picture of the donor and I said, that's my Bubba, which is what I call kids. And I knew, I knew that was him. I knew that I was, that wow. was it. And I knew the day that I was going to get pregnant too. The doctor was like, so did you take a pregnancy test? And I was like, yep but I hadn't like, or not a pregnancy test, sorry, an ovulation test. Yeah. And um, I was like, yep. And they were like, well, we can't see you until like two days from now. I was like, it has to be today. And I said, I'm going on vacation, which was a lie. And sure enough, I, I went to the doctor and had the procedure done and it was done by someone named Amy, which I just felt like super comfortable with. <laughs> um, Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my story about getting pregnant. That's interesting. That's yeah. incredible. Well, we uh we had a fun big gay episode today. <laughs> a massively gay episode. 
I feel like we're, I feel like we're we hope y'all enjoy it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, everyone has such a different perspective and, you know, with everything that's going on, we would love to hear from you. So write us and uh, please, talk to us. Right. Please and, go on uh, our website also and please holla at us. This is the Magic Carpet Cast website we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so it's a collaboration, magiccarpetcast.com. You can also check out Magic Carpet Cast at Apple Podcasts. And, and um, well, what I'm specifically talking about is our speak. Oh, magic yeah. Hey, did we tell Amy about that? What? So we've got <laughs> we, this magic megaphone now. We have a magic megaphone. Ooh, where our listeners can call and holler at us. Yeah, it's on the website. And yeah. if you just scroll down a little bit, you can see you can just click and talk. So it just goes right to us. It's oh, my God. That's talk. awesome. I want to do yeah. that on my yeah. website. Yeah, and we'll so show we you totally, how. <laughs> we totally want to hear your stories of, you know, you're coming out or anything. You know, just Something to, inspires to, you. Or if, you, if, you know, if you're Gemma, having trouble yeah. coming out, Talk to us. Yeah, like, let us know. For you. All of us are yeah. here for you. Yeah. Yeah. Amy's podcast. Ophelia podcast. And yes. um, also you can visit Stark Transformation. And hopefully I'll get that megaphone. What did you guys call it? Magic megaphone. Register trademark of Magic Carpet Cast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to hear from anybody who's listening to the podcast. I love hearing what you guys have to say. And definitely if this has helped you, that would be wonderful. Because yes, we are, you know, stepping into our light and our power and, and sharing our experiences. And we want to hear from you too, because that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. we got your back. Well, thanks, everyone. But Gemma always has a little line for us at the end of all these, and it sounds a little bit like this. Vibe high, be epic, and always expect magic. That's right. I love <laughs> <my> people. <laughs> Happy Pride, everyone. <laughs>